a good every Erev Shabbos, everybody, uh, children, grandchildren, and select friends. Um, just wanted to share some thoughts on the Parsha Vayera. It's an amazing Parsha, so much in it, uh, so many life lessons, uh, so many cautionary tales, and so much that is perplexing. Let's start. Parsha starts where it says, And the Lord appeared to Avraham in the plains of Mamre, where he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. A little context. Last week, we learned about Avraham giving himself a Brit Milah. He was recovering. This was day three, according to the rabbinic interpretations, the most painful day after, after the, the uh, surgery. And he was waiting at the, uh, at the door of the tent uh, to welcome in strangers because welcoming strangers and Hachnasat Orchim and, and Chesed, these were acts that characterized Avraham and Sarah. And uh, we learned from this not only that, but also that God came to visit him. Now the Lord appeared to him. God came to visit him. Bikur Cholim is such a great mitzvah that even God did it to Avraham. How much most, more so for us when we hear of people who are sick. And if we can't get to them a phone call, a text, an email, anything is good. And a gift, flowers, a book, something is, is always a great way to go. Bikur Cholim is the first big lesson. So important that God himself did it. Then Avraham lifts up his eyes and he sees three men standing beside him. Um, these were three angels, each coming with their own message, because the tradition teaches us that each uh, message is brought by its separate angel. Abraham then, then says to them, please let a little water be taken. This is just unbelievable. A little bit of water. And you should bathe your feet and recline under the tree. And then he promises them, he says, and I will take a morsel of bread, pat lechem, a morsel, a piece of bread, and sustain you, and then you shall go on your way. So there he welcomes them in. He tells them to help themselves to water and promises them a piece of bread. But what does Avraham do? In accordance with the tra tra uh, traditional rab rabbinic idea of say little and do much, vayimaher Avraham haohela, and Avraham rushed. Maher is the word. Avraham rushed to the tent, to Sarah, and he said, please make a sa'ah of meal, fine flour, knead, and make cakes, and so on. So what is he doing over here? He basically says little and does much. He promises very little. He rushes. So the way we do mitzvot is with zrizut, with alacrity, with speed. Look at what we learn from him about how we do mitzvot. And not lagged, not slow, not sluggish, high energy. And then he went to the cattle, took a calf, gave it to the youth and said, prepare it. Then he took a calf cream and milk, etc., And he prepared basically a banquet for them, having promised them pat lechem. One of the visitors then says to Sarah, uh, he is an angel with a message. The message is that Yitzhak will be born in a year. And he says, I will return at this time next year. And behold, your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah hears this, and she, uh, because she was uh, post-menopause, she laughed and said, after I've become worn out, will I have smooth flesh? Also, my master, Avraham, obviously is old. And Yitzchak's name, Yitzchak's name comes from the word laughter because of the laughter that she had when she heard that she was about to have a child within the next year. After the angels leave, God says to himself, shall I conceal from Abraham 
what I am doing because he is about to destroy Sodom. The idea that God would feel obligated to inform Abraham of his plan to destroy Sodom itself is, in a way, quite incredible. But I guess um, when you think about what covenant means between God and the Jewish people, that we become partners in perfecting the world, then I suppose the idea is one partner informs another of everything they're planning to do. Having heard of God's plan, Abraham begs him not to destroy Sodom. And the famous negotiation takes place where Abraham says, if you can find 50 righteous people, 50 tzaddikim, would you still destroy the city? And God says, if you find 50, I will forgive the sins for the sake of those tzaddikim. It's interesting that 50 is the starting number. The Medrash tells us that there were five towns connected in Sodom, and if each one had a minion, that would amount to 50. Avraham and Hashem then negotiate downwards until they get to 10. And Avraham says, if I find 10 people, will you destroy the city? And God says, for 10 people, I will not. And of course, there weren't even 10. Interestingly, 10 is the number of a minion. 10 people is the critical mass needed to influence society. Solo people cannot do that. Judaism is not a solo religion. We're a we, not a me. And you see it right here. This is the origin of the idea of a minyan. From the conversation between God and Avraham, we learn some key negotiating strategies within the concept of negotiating called the principle of principle. In a very famous book by a man called Kialdi, and I think it's spelled C-I-A-L-D-I, he talks about the principles of negotiating successfully and one of the principles he has is the principle of principle. And in verse 23, you see a classic example. Abraham says to God, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? In verse 25, Abraham says to God, will the judge of the entire earth not perform justice? That is really a great example of this idea. The time then comes for God to test Abraham. This is his uh, 10th test. And by the way, the uh, first test starts with Lech Lecha in Parashat Lech Lecha when God commands Abraham to leave his home, his birthplace, and his people. In fact, to cut off from his past and start again. And his 10th test is now when he is tested with the idea of the Akedat Yitzchak, the binding of Isaac, which also starts with Lech Lecha. Each of them is an opportunity for Abraham to discover who he truly is. And these tests are not really tests so much as opportunities for growth, evolution, and development. Each test is an opportunity to determine who we're really made of, what our real character is about, and how committed we are to the cause. God commands Abraham to take his son, and he introduces him in the same way as his departure is introduced. In the, when his departure from his place of birth, God accelerates the intensity of the departure, from your land, from your place of birth, from your house. So he's getting more and more zoomed in on exactly where it is. Over here, he's doing the same thing with his son. He says, your son, your only son. And of course, he has one son from each wife. So each one is a yechidcha, he's an only son. Asher ahavta, 
Avraham says, I love them both. And then he zooms in on the et Yitzchak. And then the magic words, and go to basically to Har Moriah, where you will offer him up as a sacrifice, as an olah, as a sacred offering. As they approach Har Moriah, the designated place, accompanied by Eliezer, Avraham and his son Yitzchak depart for the top of the mountain, and they tell, and Avraham says to Yitzchak, you stay here im hachamor with the donkey, which we know means not just with the chamor, but with the chomer, with the materialism, the world that is visible, tangible, and materialistic, and we will go up to the spiritual world where the two of us will be. As Avraham is about to take the knife and uh, slaughter his son, Hashem tells him to stop. A ram is caught in the thicket and takes their place. The ram's horn is deeply symbolic and becomes the shofar, which we blow. The place is named Hashem Yir'eh, which is the first half of the word Yerushalayim, is a contraction of the word Yir'eh, because we, we are taught that the place of the aborted sacrifice was Har Moriah, the place where the temple was built and will be rebuilt. The binding of Isaac is clearly one of the most perplexing sections of the whole Torah. And on the one hand, there are those who say that God never really commanded Avraham to sacrifice his son, but to, to make him an olah, make him an elevation, sacrifice him in the sense of dedicating him to service of Hashem in an elevated way in the elevated place. And therefore, it was simply a misunderstanding of Avraham to assume that he would be literally, physically sacrificing his son. And that, I think, is certainly one very credible interpretation, uh, which we need to take seriously. On the other hand, uh, there are some character flaws that might be discerned in Avraham, and this may be God's way of teaching him how to deal with those. We see that Avraham was very keen, very active in negotiating for the saving of the people of Sodom. He was not at all active in saving the life of his son Yishmael, who he sent out, as I said earlier, to die in the desert with his mother Hagar. He, Hashem also did not do anything to save the life of Yitzchak when God told him that he was going to lift him up in as a sacrifice, if that is the meaning of the word. And perhaps God wanted to teach Avraham that it's not enough to care about others, the people in Sodom who you don't know. It's more important, certainly equally important, to care about your own family. And perhaps the whole ceremony on the top of Har Moriah with Avraham was there to teach him the profound lesson that taking care of your own is at least as important and probably more important than worrying about the well-being of strangers. And so may we all be blessed with families where we care about each other, take care of each other, and also worry about strangers. And with that, I wish you all Shabbat Shalom.